1: Welcome to the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Stevie Nicholl. It's all about the Champions League today, isn't it? Later on, Gad Marcotti joining us to reflect on Milan's victory over Spurs. But we kick things off by welcoming Frank Leboeuf to the show to discuss PSG losing against Bayern Munich by one goal to nil. Kingsley Cohen's goal proving to be the difference between the two sides. Uh, Frank, overall, Bayern deserved
2: the win, yeah? Definitely. Um, they had done the job where we found a, a very reserved, I would say, a Paris Saint-Germain in the way that they've been very shy, but that was maybe the only the all, all option that they had is to wait for them, for Mbappé to, uh, to come on and, uh, and, and change the game. Uh, Galtier said after the game that uh, uh, they knew that they had a lack of depth with Neymar and Messi and that, that was the main concern for him. Um, and, uh, but he knew that Mbappé couldn't play for, for more than, uh, than 30 minutes. So he had to wait until you know, Mbappé uh, come on and, uh, and, uh, and uh, with the, the help of uh, Mendes and Akimi uh, bring some, uh, some chances. Akimi got injured. I was told that also Marquinhos uh, played the whole game but was injured. Uh, but uh, it's not enough. When you're Paris Saint-Germain, you mm. want to win the Champions League. If your only solution is to wait for Mbappe to come on to win a game against Bayern Munich, it's, it's, it's impossible to go through. Um, Mbappe. Um, Mbappe cannot do everything. Uh, sorry.
1: No, no, no. That's good for I was, I was just I was just going to move on and say, obviously, Mbappe made a difference when he came on. Yeah. But for the opening hour...
3: Well, the opening hour... when they
1: PSG were just non-existent.
3: But For the opening hour, when PSG didn't have the ball, it was effectively a 4-4-0. Because the front two, if you call them a front two, Neymar and Messi floating around, didn't, didn't do anything defensively. Yeah. And Bayern just completely controlled it. They obviously, they played a three at the back. Cancelo played as a wing-back on one side, Coleman on the other. Then they switched that uh, for the second half. But yeah, I mean, it was total control, but not creating a lot of chances for all the good play... And when Mbappé came on, he did look as if he was unsure about his hamstring. Right. I mean, to start with, yeah. when he came on, he was sort of... Right. He wasn't getting involved too much. There was no real sprints. And then he... Well, he forgot about it. He got a bit of confidence. And when he made that first sprint, then he got that confidence that he forgot about it. Stevie said he forgot about it. And he suddenly realised that he could go that extra yard. And then we started to see that danger over the top. But,
1: but yeah... They're affected. Stats, stats actually help you out. In this, look at that. It's incredible the difference that he made when he came on.
3: Well, they're effectively going to Munich, and they are effect, they are pretty much
1: unless they get the ball over the
3: top to Mbappe.
4: I can't really see them doing much damage. Yeah. I, <laughs> as good as these stats look, the game should have been done before he came on. Yeah, that, you know, that, let, that's what Bayern
1: would be going back to Germany disappointed when it? it's only one.
4: Absolutely, they'll be disappointed. You know. It, if somebody had got for them 1-0 before the game, they would have been delighted. Yeah. But considering how much the ball they had, they'll be disappointed that they're not 2 or 3. I mean, Donnarumma made a mistake for the goal, mm. but he also said had two great saves after that. But the truth is, the front four for Bayern, in the first half in particular, had they been on any sort of form, this game would have been done at half-time. It just so happened that some good defending and... and Poor final ball, or final decision uh, from that front four. You know, Kingsley Coleman scored a goal, but the amount of times that he beat his defender and then picked the wrong pass, yeah, or just played a poor ball. Musiala the same, and well, Sani was pretty invisible in the first half. So as dominant as Bayern were, I thought they were they were well in the final third.
1: They were really poor. Uh, Frank, obviously, Mbappe the story coming on, but. Surely a team that's got Messi and Neymar in has got to put up some sort of fight, even with the absence of Mbappe.
2: Yeah, it's what I thought, too. But clearly, you know, Bayern Munich found a way to, uh, in fact, make Messi and Neymar invisible. And they knew that they they wouldn't defend. So they were very high on the field. You know, cutting all the, 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 the possible passes to uh, to Mbappé and Neymar and, uh, and Paris Saint-Germain doesn't exist. I think the middle of the park is not strong enough as well. Uh, we had a very good uh, Ramos. Danilo tried his best in the middle of the park, but that's it. Otherwise, I found the players, you know, quite poor comparing to the Bayern Munich uh, team. And uh, that's very worrying in a way that well we have all international players there and uh, and and but they have to sort and we say that for almost a decade they have to sort the problem with the front line you know it cannot be only players who play when they have the ball it's not possible nowadays to have those kind of players so when you have one maybe you can deal with when you have two it's impossible but Paris Saint-Germain they have three so it's, 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 there is no way that they can sort out the problem because it's, it's, it, the, 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 the position is not right. Uh, the thought is not right. And you can be the best coach ever. You can't sort the problem out. It's impossible.
3: When Manchester City went to Paris last year, and I think it might have been a draw or whatever, but, but they completely played them off the park. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of the stats, in terms of watching the game, just blew them away. Uh, in terms of the football they played. Bayern Munich haven't done that quite as much, but they're pretty much more dominant. But City, my point is, City were flying then. City were playing great. You know, they were about yep. to, we thought they were going to romp the Champions League. They won the Premier League. This Bayern side, by their standards, and even if you'd listened to Nagelsmann over the last uh, three or four weeks since the return from, from the World Cup, they've been getting the, the results, but they have not played well. They've not always dominated games. He has been shuffling his squad and yet they were able to go there and pretty much win at a canter. I mean, that kind of tells you where PSG are at the moment. Yeah, I mean, they got a a, a tight offside, you know, lobbed out because of of a knee when Mbappe scored. But, I mean, apart from that, Bayern didn't really have to break much sweat and... If they go out in the second leg now, as Stevie said, they, they will be kicking themselves.
1: If PSG beat City in that game, it was on the City completely dominating PSG. Yeah, go so I couldn't, remember we're up, but I couldn't remember the performance. But, like, is this just never going to work? You can't have Neymar, Messi and Mbappe on a team no. that's going to go all the way. Well, I think we should start off by saying that
4: Neymar, they need to get rid of him. Right. You know, we're talking about, well, you've got... Two, we've got three, yeah. and they don't do anything unless they have the ball. Well, right now, Neymar doesn't do anything if he doesn't have the ball. And right now, when
1: he, when he does have it, he doesn't do anything either. You can't I get mean, rid of but Who's going to be paying his like, wages? That's a thing, isn't it? An ageing well, Neymar isn't an appeal to... Well, I mean,
4: I'm not going to go Galty here, right? Yeah. But I'd like to think if they had a full squad, then somebody would have the guts. You turn round and bench Neymar, Stevie. You know the hands are tied in that situation. We've seen it. But, that's, but again, it goes back to we talk about the, what's the problem with P- PSG. Yeah. And there you go. You've yeah. got a guy who's a complete and utter passenger. Uh,
2: Done. But yet, but yet Dan, you
4: can't. I, but yet, you, that's you, you're not allowed
2: to not play him. That can't be right. Go on, Frank. That, that's not only that problem on top of it, you know, because they knew that they have a lack of depth when Mbappé doesn't play, they never recruit somebody who could replace a little bit. They, they got Ekiteke, who, who is absolutely fine when Mbappé plays because he can use him and turn around him. But when Mbappé doesn't play, you don't have that player who can use uh, the depth that they need. And Neymar, we saw him when Mbappé came on, you know, as Messi, being more uh, thoughtful and more useful because they have that player with the depth. But I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Stevie. The, for an hour, Neymar got the ball, lost it, because he doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know where to go and he doesn't know what to do with it. And suddenly, with Mbappé, it's better. But that's also the recruitment squad at the Paris Saint-Germain who made a huge mistake, thinking that Mbappé would play, I don't know, 60 games a, a year. And we'll use that debt that they desperately need. And that's a big mistake. That's a professional mistake for me.
3: Well, the trouble is, is like for any manager coming in and Gaultier is the latest incumbent, is, is what system do you play to try and, yeah. to try and be able to make it defensively somewhat solid of a structure? Because... If you play two of them wide and one through the middle, the the middle one ain't chasing back to work back to the midfield, and the two white guys ain't chasing the full-backs back. And if you think about Messi with Argentina and all that success he had in the summer and why it worked was almost... I mean, not taking anything away from the other players... But they were... I mean, they're hard workers. Yes. You know, if you look around that team, Fernandes, yeah. Rodrigo, Dupaul, Julian Alvarez... Yeah, everyone was working for the Queen yeah. Bee. Everyone, good players, but everyone would graft and work and then Messi would just take up his position. When Messi takes up his position now, or Mbappe when he's fit or whatever it is, there's another two guys not running. So, you know, and then it puts so much pressure on the rest of the team. It, you know, in a dreamland, it might work, but in reality... it's a struggle.
1: You know Gautier well, Frank. He's playing pretty much going into that second leg, fighting for his job, for his life at at PSG. Would he have the guts, as Steve suggests, maybe to drop one of these three or two of these three to try and get it
2: done in Germany? I believe so. But the the main problem right now is to get the people feedback, you know, where, Mm. you know, also Akimi maybe Marquinhos is going to be injured in the middle of the park because that's also a concern. Uh, um, We want to see better players, you know, uh, uh, and we didn't today. Uh, But I think, yeah, if he's in a desperate situation, I think he can have the gut to uh, put Neymar on the bench. If it's the guy that we we want to aim as the maybe... The less useful of the three. So, yes, I'm pretty sure he's going to do it. If he has to do it, uh, he, 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 will, he will play it.
3: Frank, if, if, I mean, Mbappe's now got, I think, it's a couple of weeks to, yes. to, to, yeah. to work on his fitness and have a rest, whatever. But do you think Mbappe would be prepared to play through the middle, Frank, as a striker?
2: Well, yes, I think uh, for one game, if uh, psychologically Galchí kind of work with him on that, yeah, it, 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 will, it will explain to him that that's the only way they can get through uh, because uh, otherwise, you know, uh, Messi and Neymar can be at their best if he's not in the middle of the park. And then, and then maybe uh, Mbappe can say, yes, okay, but we'll have to discuss after. Even if it works, we'll have to discuss after because I don't want to do that. It's never been my plan in my career. And uh, because you signed me again, you know, you have to hire somebody who can play that position. And I want to play in the position I like and where I think I'm the best. But yeah, he can sacrifice. And I'm pretty sure Kylian Mbappé knows the biggest interest of overall is to, to go through uh, with Paris Saint-Germain and win the Champions League.
3: I think I think you could cajole him into doing that with the, with the little caveat that he was dropping Neymar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you know, but you're just thinking about it, going over there. They played a 3 today Bayern, but Pavard's now going to be suspended, so they'll probably go back to a back four. Okay, Kinsella can come in and play full back. They've got options there. But it, it's I'll put Mecano in Delit. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd be licking my lips if I was a fit Mbappe, particularly yeah. pulling on to Delit. Yeah. If you had Messi floating around and then you had a bit of solidity behind, that might be a better way to get it done. Right. And so you have to make a big decision. Yeah. Now if you go over there and play all three of them in the Alliance
4: Arena, definitely- I think they're going to roast you. The, the problem is, you're, you're talking about they're going to Bayern. Yeah. They're playing against a team. is not a team. And we've not even mentioned any other than those three, who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing. I mean, the rest of them must be sick of listening to their names for the start. And two, when they're under pressure you take a look forward and you see them standing there like that, watching, Right. That, that, that's soul-destroying. So, listen, you can you can change the formation. You Obviously, they can't change the, the, the name on the back of the jersey because of the injuries. So, what chance have they got? Because they're not a team. And you need, at the very least, to have everybody fighting in the same corner in order to win at Bayern Munich. If,
3: uh, he, if he goes over there and plays all three of them, right, I, I, and they yeah, get... get
4: what
3: I, they I'm, I'm thinking... I think the, the criticism would come that he really looked at the first game and probably hadn't had the bottle right. to leave one of them out. And particularly Neymar. First thing he said when he came in the day was, he was talking about Neymar and you know walking about doing nothing. So it's a big decision for him. But you know he's getting paid to make those. It's not about if Neymar's happy or not. It's about going over there and putting a team on the field that's got at least half a chance of defending. And winning the game. And with all three of them, the others in that team will just get a-, a roasting. Who did you like from
4: Bayern today? I don't think anybody really stuck out. Maybe Kimmich. Right. But as I said, they didn't have a bad player, though. They're a team. Right. They don't so it's kind of 7 out of 10 across the board. Kind of, kind of the complete opposite of what we we're talking about with PSG. Kimmich maybe out of everybody, stuck out the most. But generally, yeah. every single one of them did the bit, including Pavard, they got sent off. Everybody, no standouts. Everybody was a, a, a great level. PSG, you win 1-0, bring them back home. Job done, because they're a team. That, I thought Pavard was actually, I mean, it sounds silly, it, it was a
3: rash challenge for the first booking, then you're, and then obviously the, the second one. He's, he's dived in. yeah. But his general performance overall was actually really good. He made, he made some really good blocks. Defensively, he was excellent. And I agree with Stevie. I think Kimmich in there is just a quality yeah. player. And the wing-backs
4: did a pretty good job as well for them because they worked hard. They worked hard and they gave them width. Yeah, I mean, I, gave, I was given, like, Coleman in particular stick for, for his final ball. Mm. But guess what? Even though his final ball wasn't good... As Craig said, he was doing a job defensively. So when he lost it, he got back in, and then he got it again. That's probably why he got the ball so many times. Perfect.
1: Uh, let's talk percentages, Frank. Chance that PSG can go there and get it done.
2: Well, the the, the second leg is in uh, three weeks, so let's see how you know people are recovering. Mbappe, you know, Akimi, because I think Akimi is very important for the for the for the tactic of Galchier. Uh, but right now, as I said before, the first tie, uh, you know, I think Bayern Munich will go through because uh, the results of uh, what we've seen lately from Paris Saint-Germain are, is abysmal. You know, three different competitions, three losses. So how mm. do you want to say that Paris Saint-Germain can go through? Right now, no chance. Uh, within three weeks, you know, and, and fantastic Mbappé, you know, a miracle can happen. But right now, of course, Bayern goes through.
1: Uh, Bayern have lost more games this year, than they did last year. It's quite something, isn't it? It's only February, Stephen. What a statement that is. <laughs> it's a good start though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we'll say thank you very much to Frank. Lots of love to you. Just a reminder, extra time available over on the website. You can check that out on YouTube as we stay later. answer your questions. Meanwhile, Brahim Diaz's early goal was enough to see AC Milan take a 1-0 lead into the second leg against uh, Spurs. Of course, it's Milan's first knockout game in almost a decade in the Champions League. For more on this, uh, let's welcome in Gad Marcotti. Uh, Gad, the first thing that struck you when you watched this game, the atmosphere was brilliant right from the start.
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think a tremendous response from the uh, from the Milan fans. Uh, 70,000 plus, you saw the choreography. Uh, pre-game and it's kind of the way it should work uh, you know uh, the fans aren't always rational but in this case i think they remember um you know what the, the what this club was able to do in winning the title and i think they really wanted to show their support uh after you know what's been a really really uh tough stretch for uh, for Milan
1: will you shout at me if i said there wasn't too much quality on show over the 90 minutes
5: uh, no, I, I, I don't look I don't I don't think that's wrong. I mean I think if you look at you know on the Tottenham end they didn't create many chances at all. Um, Milan defended well. Uh, I, I thought maybe moving departing a little bit from that uh, the, that Stefano Pioli script, but you know uh, we've seen it in recent games. This is how they set up with, with the back three and uh, and whatnot. Um, I think we saw some spurts from um, from Raphael Leao. Um, I thought Giroud had his moments, uh, they had a big chance, uh, I thought, with Charles header. Um, mm. But really, this was about a defensive performance uh, from me. I, I don't think they're out of the woods. They still need to get the attack going, but defensively I thought they did a the job.
1: Yeah, they certainly did. They kept Spurs at bay, who offered so little in the final third, Steve.
4: Yeah, you know what? Spurs will be going home thanking the lucky stars, you know. Catella uh, K- had a header that Quite frankly, he should have put it in the back of net. Mm. He completely mistimed it. It was a horrible attempt, and that, for me, that might might have been enough. The fact is, Tottenham going forward can't be any worse in the second leg. Right? They really a bit a bit like Bayern in the first the first half. To be honest, you know, any time they got in that final third, it was a bad decision. It was a bad pass. It was the wrong pass, and and they really they really didn't create clear clear chances that you say, well, he should have scored. So Tottenham should be happy. Right. Uh, and Milan will just re- rely on, on breaking and using the pace of Leal. Um And maybe Giroud gets
1: one back in London. Uh, Conte said it was a balanced tie, Gab.
5: Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think when you look at this performance um, from, from the Spurs end, you know... I I think you expected more in terms of performance, you know, maybe not goals. Uh, uh, I I really, Harry Kane, I thought did his part. I I thought Son again, uh, struggled a little bit. Obviously they had, you know, they had guys missing in in midfield perhaps, but uh, you know, to not be able to break down this, this beat on defense and create more chances, um, I think that's on Spurs. I don't think Colte, I think, you know, that's been I mean, you can call it balanced in front of the cameras and then that, you know, dressing room door shuts and then who knows what he's saying.
1: Uh, I know you were frustrated with Son today,
2: Steve.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's kind of, he's been frustrating for a lot of the year. He always, you, you still, you still have it in your mind that Son, when he starts picking up some pace with the ball at his feet, something's going to happen. Mm. Just unfortunately, this season in particular, it, it hasn't been happening, and defensively they look poor. Eric Dyer again for me has to do better on the goal closing, closing the first shot. Um, but yeah, as far as Son's concerned, he, he's searching.
1: He's searching for his for
4: his form. Uh,
1: who's in control going into the second leg then, Gab? Who are your favourites?
5: Oh, I I think it's very much a, a toss up. I don't think Milan can go. You know, to the second leg and think, oh look, you know, we we defended well. Uh, this will get us through. I think they need to produce more on the attacking end, and I think that's been the difficult thing for Pioli to do. I think if if they get, they, they're really missing Ismail Benasser in the middle of the pitch because you know, frankly, Krunjic is just a completely different sort of player. Um, so for that reason, I would say Spurs are probably still still favorites if we're going to play the, the the percentage game, mm. but they got to play better. They, they can't play like this. They can't play like the team that, that, that got walloped by, by Leicester. You know, they have to play credibly. And unfortunately, that's not something they've been doing consistently.
4: What do you think? I, I, th- I think Tottenham have to be favourites. As I said, that, that mischance at the end could have changed the whole thing. I, I thought Milan didn't look as though they had another gear in them, to be honest. Right. Whereas I think Tottenham definitely do have another gear, particularly at home. And they will now have that big crowd behind them.
1: Uh, so I think, yeah, Tottenham are my favourites going, in, going uh, into the second leg. Uh, for a lot more from Gab. Oh, no, no, Gab, Gabby on a Thursday. Gab wasn't, of course, on the Gab and Jules on Mondays in Philadelphia. Oh, no, what Gab, happens? I'm sorry. Oh. Sorry, Gab.
5: You had to bring it up,
1: huh? That's right. Well, well it, 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 it took me there. It, my mistake took me there. Uh, so it's Don, the Jules on Monday. Of course, Gab, back with Jules on Thursday. Uh, Jules is in Paris today to reflect on the Champions League.
6: Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com.
1: Right then, what about this on Wednesday in the Premier League? Arsenal taking on Manchester City, a top-of-the-table clash with so much at stake. It has, of course, been quite the week for Arsenal, seeing them once again unable to get a victory, robbed by the referees who admitted they made a mistake. This is what Arteta had to say about that admission.
4: We ended the game after after analysing um, all the evidence that we had on the images with a huge anger and disappointment. Um, because that wasn't a human error, that was uh, a big, big, big not conceiving and understanding your job and um, and that's not acceptable, I'm sorry. I will be only satisfied if they give me the two points back, which is not going to be the case. I appreciate and I think they were really sincere, open and genuine um, apologies and explanation, which is really good. Um, but it doesn't take the fact that do we have two less points that we should have on the table?
3: I had an interesting discussion with the with the producer earlier. I know, you? I know, I know. Don't no, go there. Normally no, you don't speak
1: to him. No, go, no, he
3: was hovering around. <laughs> you guys come in late, is it? but he was pointing me to. Uh, Dale Johnson's article right, okay. about this decision yes. and the fact that think about the World Cup and the automated offside yes. that apparently Yeah, the, and we saw in the Champions League of course as well so the Premier League had the opportunity I believe according to him to have the automated offsides but because they've, they're now wanting a little bit of leeway with the, uh-huh. So, basically, the, the automated offside yeah. was just too precise. So it, was get, <laughs> getting it, it was getting it down to the inches. And they've, right. they've expanded it a little bit yes. with the thicker line. And so they declined it just to go back to the, the, oh, the human uh, way of doing it. And, of course, they've missed it. So the automated one would have picked it up,
1: yes. clearly.
3: Yeah. But the Premier League have uh, oh, well. refused
1: to and do they it. They turn their back on it. Right then, Stevie. Because it's too accurate. <laughs> Does this, what happened at the weekend, make any difference? Going into this tie, I don't think so. No, right? No, because you don't need added motivation to no. you, really,
4: because it's City. No, you know, you know, no, and... no. The players, the aren't going to be good. The players aren't going oh. go- to be getting into training and going. Oh, you can please. No, it's all it's, it's gone. Really, the things gone. Right, and and you have to take it that way, you know. Just because we got VAR now doesn't mean that there's not going to be mistakes. Yeah. Just in the same way that for the last hundred years, when it was just the naked eye, there was tons of mistakes and the same things were being said. Co- that's cost us a point and this is going to... No, no. You, it happens, you have your moan and then yeah. you move on to the next one and this right. will not affect uh, Arsenal against Man City. Whatsoever.
3: Most people don't. I'm not saying most. A lot of people don't want VAR. And then when VAR comes up and makes a mistake, it's like, oh, VAR should have got that right. You know. At the end of the day, it was a bad. Co- it was a bad call, right? But let's not take take away from the fact Ateta should be focusing on the fact that his team have just dropped a notch in performance. We discussed it yesterday. Yeah. But that's more important. About. You know, don't spend your time. And I'm sure he isn't whinging about what's gone, as Stevie said. Let's look at performance. Let's look at getting Martinelli back to his best. Look, let's look at getting Martin Odegaard back to his best. Let's look at that back line being a little bit more solid than it's been recently because Tony and Nimbuma gave them a tough time at the weekend. You know, what I mean, particularly in that first half. And I think all those things are more important for Arteta for his team to get back on that bike and get riding again than anything the officials did at the weekend which were clearly wrong.
1: A gab overall away from the officials. This is going to be brilliant, isn't it?
5: Uh, it's certainly going to be big. Uh, you don't want to overhype it, but I, I think if you're if a you're city, I think it's important to you. You know, you can't think like, oh, well, let's you know, let's be a little more conservative. I, I think this is where you gamble, knowing that given that Arsenal's uh, poor results of late, um, the psychological effect. If you get a win here, it's really, really big. Not just because you draw level. Of course, you've got the game coming up on April 27th, I think it is, where, um, you know, it's a reverse fixture at the Etihad. It's really a chance to build up some, some momentum so people maybe stop talking about the Premier League investigation for a while or João Cancelo or Steven Gerrard, all these other things. Um, so I, I, I expect to see City going out there, um, being aggressive, and, and really, really going for it. If you're Arsenal, on the other hand, you know, this is where you kind of th- you kind of figure... Maybe you don't want to think in terms of a draw, but share of the spoils keeps the gap at three points, and you're one match closer to the end of the season. And by the way, I should we point still, out, City have I played just, one more game. Yeah, I yeah, they got think, the game in hand. Yeah, yeah,
3: I, I see what you mean, but I, I just don't think Arsenal have that in their makeup this year. Really, right. I think they're a much better side when they're on the front foot, getting the crowd behind them. A bit like Liverpool of a year or two ago when they would come out at Anfield and it would. I shot it straight from the start. The crowd would get behind them. I see a, a lot of that in Arsenal, particularly with the pace up front. Uh, and, I, and I think I don't think it suits their game to try and set off and be picked apart. That's not to say you go gung-ho, and, but but I think when Arsenal are on the front foot and get off to you, and I think they need that. I think they need to come out and get the crowd behind them because they've had that loss at Everton in the league. they had that, uh, by their standards, pretty average performance against Brentford at home. Now there's another big question mark coming their way. So how are they going to respond? And I think if they, they come out quickly, try and get hold of the game, and expose some of City's deficiencies, mm-hmm. then that, for me, would be the way to go.
1: We, we saw some of the old guard, didn't we, rolled out in that victory yeah. against Aston Villa? Was that a test going into this? Or did he already know what his starting 11 was going to be for this tie? Um, what would you do? Oh, the old guard. Right. 100%. So we've got Laporte, we've got Diaz... We've got Carl yeah, Walker, yeah, Edison, no, no. Wunderwan, Rod well, De
4: Bruyne. I would prefer to see Stones and Diaz together, right? post to report, to be okay. honest. And I think Gab maybe used the wrong word there when he said gamble, to be honest, because you, you can't gamble this, this early in the season. I mean, there's still a lot of games to go. You can't just go, you know what, everybody get forward, we'll, 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 we'll go away. You can't right. do that. And you can't do it either because there is nothing worse. When you're pressing teams the way City do and the opposition go up the field two or three times and score two or three goals, it completely demoralises everybody. And if they start against Arsenal and just caution to the wind and lose goals early, that's going to demoralise them. And it's going to do exactly what Craig's talking about with the crowd getting behind them and Arsenal. Because Arsenal this season, they love going and getting after you. So you can't encourage them. So City have to, yes, try and Try and and take the initiative of the game as, as soon as they can, but they can't go crazy defensively. They have to make sure that the full-backs, in particular, don't both disappear and stand on the halfway line. Right. Because when they've turned the ball over recently, they've lost goals, and they can't afford to do that early against Arsenal. So I would suggest that they don't gamble, as Gab was saying, but be smart about it. And if it's on to go, then you go... With the caveat that the other guy on the other side tucks in a little and gives you a little,
1: a little bit of a parachute right. if the ball's lost. Uh, let's take a look at the predictions then, shall we? Um, I've gone for a draw. i will sat on the fence. Yeah. Uh, Craig's gone for a draw as well, as has Gab. Uh, Stevie's gone for an Arsenal 3-2 victory. Yep. He's how you've
4: you changed your tune? He's, he's desperate oh. to get me out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a U-turn.
1: <laughs> wow! Nadem's gone against Arsenal as well. Against City as well. So he's gone for an Arsenal win. Meanwhile, Frank and Ali going for a City victory. Draw, Gab.
5: I mean, I, I honestly, this could go any way. Um, but I, I don't think a draw is a bad result for Arsenal. And look, I, maybe I'm being too Italian, too calculating here. Um, uh. But uh, by the way, Stevie, when when I was talking about City maybe gambling and, and taking some risks, I'm not advocating, and I would never advocate that it's a good idea for a team to, quote, go crazy uh, defensively. Um, to, just to make that very, very clear. Uh, I'm just saying play your game and impose yourself on the opposition like you normally do, because I think that's when City are at their best. Rather you than worried you agreed you know, with Gab? he starts tweaking, overthinking.
1: What's that? you worried you've agreed with Gab?
3: No, not at all. <laughs> I, I, uh, is it, uh, it safe to say there's a few, a few eyes on Haaland again tomorrow?
1: I think so. I mean, I, Jan would hate that. <laughs>
3: Jan would be, be, be butting the <laughs> screen. I hate, not, you know, but, if he
1: plays, of course. You know, we had a graphic up
3: last week or the week before yeah. about the teams that he scored against. And yeah. you can't deny, nobody's saying he's a bad player. Nobody's saying this, that and the next thing. But at the end of the day, when yeah. City... And's going
4: to be on the phone straight away.
1: Sorry? Yeah, it's going to be on the phone. Send him this clip. Yeah, and then <laughs> he'll <him> say, remember <laughs> what you said about Manchester United? Yeah. <laughs> Manchester <I'm> United. <laughs> uh,
4: and, uh, I think he logs everything you say. Uh,
3: <laughs> he gets ready. You know, at the end of the day, he's as wonderful a player as he is. There's no doubt City have been a little bit more pragmatic this season than others, haven't been quite as swashbuckling. Not to say they've been bad, but they've not been at the best. And then in the big games, that's really where you want to see Haaland. Champions League, the Manchester Derby, your title rivals, under pressure. You know, your manager's made some changes in the last couple of weeks. He really doesn't need another game where he's left isolated. Like he was at Tottenham that day. Never got much ball at all. Down in London, really struggled to get any possession. Wasn't his fault, to be fair, it was his teammates. I don't think they can afford another evening like that at the Emirates.
1: Steve, you got the day off as well tomorrow? Meeting... I'll make the most of it and get yeah. my feet up and watch it. Cool, cool, calm. And... Feet up with the dog? <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> the dog exactly. Watch. The dog uh, me
3: beer. and Craig oh, will be back Ali alley Hill. as
1: well, Naden as well, to reflect on that game. Plus, of course, it's Chelsea against Dortmund. Uh, Borussia Dortmund as well. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Meanwhile, news
1: coming out of Southampton. The team currently sat bottom of the Premier League will hire Jesse Marsh uh, to... Oh, I've completely forgotten the guy's name. What was his name? Nathan Jones. There you are, Nathan Jones. I was going to (laughs) say, Nathan Jones, of course, only there for nine Premier League matches. Uh, Gab, where did this come from? Jesse Marsh.
5: Well, it's weird because they they, they were kind of all over the shop some suggestions of of, of Steve Bruce, which really wouldn't have fit. Um, But if you look at the people who are making... The, um, or, or making the personnel decisions there, people like Rasmus Ankersen advising the ownership, um, they like aggressive, high-energy type football, high-pressing and, and, and so on. And, you know, that's what Haasenhotel brought, and obviously they inherited it, the, him. Um, I think they were hoping that Nathan Jones could bring some of that. And obviously that's what you get with, with Jesse Marsh given his, his footballing um, pedigree. Uh, so, I think it would be quite a coup for for Jesse Marsh to get another Premier League job so quickly, um, and I think it shows you that you know the analytics folk at least they really really love uh, Jesse. My goodness!
1: If I was uh, a Southampton uh, uh, fan, I would be well not exactly well, over the moon by this appointment. I mean,
3: there's, a, there's there's many sides to this story. First and yeah. foremost, I think people don't realise the job Ralph and huttle did. That's yeah. and I said that to you many yeah. times. However, this is this is akin to stood in the frying pan and your feet are getting absolutely scalded and you jump out of that into a rather large fire <laughs> because it's a big frying pan <laughs> well he's, well, but you look at it from his point of view and Southampton's right <clears throat> I've talked before about David Moyes as a reference point to somebody who had a relatively high stock hence he got the Man United job whether you agree with that or not and then after his sacking bounced into Two or three jobs that were just death knells, yes. right, that were graveyards for managers. Jesse Marsh went to RB Leipzig, got sacked. Marco Rosa's come in, done a better job. Mm-hmm. He's gone to Leeds, tough job, really tough job because it was chaotic, but ultimately got sacked. He's gone into a club here where the chances are very slim that he's going to keep them up. Can he have three sackings in the space of a couple of years? How's that going to look in his CV? And I just wonder, Stevie, if he's rushing back in Aye. to a job and he should sit back and go, I think I'll just wait on the sidelines for the right opportunity,
4: not the first opportunity. Yeah, I think this is a really bad move for him for his CV. Yeah. Because the, the fact of the matter is, is, that Southampton don't have good enough players. And it's not down to having bad managers. Even Nathan Jones, I don't think it's down, down to, to having him either. When you, every single year, sell two and three of your best players and think you're just going to go and pluck another couple of diamonds out and bring them in and stay in the Premier League, eventually it runs out. And this year, after being very close the last couple of seasons, it's running out. And I watched Southampton in the first half against Wolves. Mm -hmm. And the job that Nathan Jones did in the first half was fantastic. Southampton completely dominated Wolves. They squeezed them, they pressed them, all the things that Gab's saying that the, ma- that the the owners like. They were 1-0 up and they were completely dominating the game. Wool's down to 10 men? Rules down to 10 men. The reason they got beat is because the players are not good enough. They're not mentally strong enough to do it for 90 minutes. They can do it for 45. They can do it the way that the coach wants them to do it. But ultimately, they're not good enough to do it. So
1: it doesn't matter who they bring in, they're no, going to fail?
4: Absolutely not. And Jesse Marsh has to look at that and think to himself, look, do I think I'm a good coach? Yes, he obviously does. Is he a good coach? Yes, he's a good coach. But you know what? He's not a miracle worker. And this is this would be an absolute and utter miracle. I wonder if he's thinking, Stevie. And it, I, look, if he, if
3: he keeps him up, he's Superman, basically. It's like a you know heroic job to keep them up. I just wonder if he's thinking. Do you know what? When he gets sacked at Leeds. I ain't got another job in the Premier League. Right. I'm done. Back to America. Wherever it is, maybe the U.S. men's national team job, few people have muted that. This has come up and he's thought, I'm, going to go, I'm probably going to end up back there anyway, so I'll go into Southampton. If this fails, it's back right. to America. But it certainly is not going to help his stock. And I, I think right. he's a decent coach. Right. And I think the Leeds team were playing for him and they were energetic. Mm. But when you're looking at a CV, yes, managers get the sack, yeah. generally. And you can have two or three sacks, maybe more. But to have them so close together, if it does happen and he does get the Southampton job and it goes badly, is certainly not a good look. Last word on this to you, Gam?
5: No, I just want to say, I wouldn't take it as guaranteed that even if they go down, uh, <clears throat> Jesse Marsh is going to get sacked because he's inherited, right. uh, as you said, uh, a dumpster fire in a frying pan. Um, I'm just wondering, uh, given his rep among certain analytics types, could they be viewing this as something like, okay, let's accept. We're going to try to stay up. We may go down, but you know we've seen it before. Managers take over mid-season. They go down with the team. Um, the, the club sticks with them, uh, and they rebuild and come back up. Um, I'm just wondering if if that could be Southampton thinking, and maybe Jesse Marsh is thinking as well. You know, in terms of uh, you know he, he's. The guy's a pretty smart guy. He went to Princeton, apparently. You know, he can read a table and you can look at his players and say, uh, "Wow, you know, I'm not—I can't be judged solely on whether I keep this team up or not." Presumably, if they hire me, it's because we've got a longer project going. I'm just wondering if that could be their thinking. Which college did you go to, Gab? Uh, A much better one, which uh, regularly superseded that school with those horrible orange and black colors in New Jersey.
1: There we are. Perfect. Right.
4: Which one
5: was
1: it? Hmm? Which one was it? I don't know. The
5: what one Elon was Musk it? went to. Yeah, well, well that's not helping. I that's been not been
4: helping. <laughs> I mean, try again. Uh,
5: I, I, I went to uh, I went to Penn, Princeton, are our, our big athletic rivals. Yeah, yeah, we have been here up, long enough. Penn. You <laughs> should know that. No, I know Penn. Yeah. Yeah. I know.
4: How, did I, how am I supposed to know what college gab went?
1: Well, <laughs> oh, you got to find these <laughs> preps. <laughs> Stevie went to the College of Life, didn't you, Steven? Yes. <laughs> uh, just a reminder, Football and Me- Oh, there you go. Uh, they will be dissecting Jesse Marsh and his chances at Southampton on the next show. Oh, uh, well, they've already done it apparently on Monday's show, so be sure to oh, check yeah. that out. That's available now on Plus. Ahead of the game, though. There time. you are, most definitely. Uh, meanwhile, Borussia Dortmund absolutely flying this year. Six consecutive wins since their return to action in 2023. It leaves them three points of, drift of Bayern at the top of the Bundesliga. Meanwhile, Chelsea's form certainly does not hold a candle to that. They, of course, have been labouring of late, just struggling to get anything going. 12 games, two victories, uh, six losses uh, within those 12 matches. Why are we saying this? Well, of course, it's Borussia Dortmund against Chelsea uh, tomorrow in the Champions League. It's not where you really want to be going, is it? If you're Chelsea going going in and taking on a team in this form with that atmosphere at that stadium. It's bad enough where you're in that sort of rut of form
3: with all these new players and the the opposing team are able to play two goalies, basically. (laughs) That's when you know your luck's down. They They played some good stuff early in this game. But, you know, they've made the changes to the roster. I think Badassio is not available, so I would imagine Koulibaly comes back in. Lots of experience, but it's not the same Koulibaly that was playing for Napoli, that's for sure. Uh, And, yeah, Dortmund have been playing really, really well. And I have to say, I'm not favouring Chelsea on this one at all.
1: No, because you look at it and it's the same old problem. Who's going to get Chelsea's goals?
4: Yeah. But as well as Borussia Dortmund have been doing, the back line doesn't... It doesn't instill you with confidence. Yes, recently they've been oh, pretty good, but they haven't really been under a lot of pressure. And Chelsea's got Chelsea's got to start scoring goals with the talent they have. Just might could be in this game against but, a questionable Dortmund defence. Slaughterback and Hummels and people like that. But Chelsea haven't got any
3: pace up front. Right. I mean, Young was the one that came in for for, for a little bit of pace. Tuchel signing clearly Potter doesn't. Fancy him at all. So you're looking at Havertz, who yeah. is not the quickest. Right, Sterling's out. Uh, Felix is a really clever player, obviously, but he drops a bit deeper. So who's going to run in behind in a game when you're away from home and you need an out ball? It's difficult to find. I just can't see it.
1: Gab, you think it's going to be a proper European night in Dortmund? over 81,000 fans, a complete sellout. What an atmosphere it's going to be there.
5: Yeah, uh, uh, unbelievable place, the, the, the Westfalen uh, uh, stadium. Uh, incredible crowd. And, you know, the answer correct question of who's going to do it, who's got tons of pace in that team, there is one guy. It's Mikhail Mudrik, obviously. Yep. Um, but the question is, you know, he's played, what, two, three games uh, f- for this team. This is still a, a side that, that's put together. I, I, Potter spoke about it. These, these players still kind of, you know, getting to know each other, uh, throw in all the guys that are coming back from injury, um, like Kovacic, like Zakaria, I think one of the two will start, but we don't quite know how fit, whether they will be 90 minutes fit. Um, it really is a mess, and it does feel as if, you know, Chelsea at this stage, they've got nothing to play for other than uh, the Champions League, and they're already, you know, getting ready for, for next season, and, and that's why I think this is going to be very tough. However... Let's never, ever underestimate no. Borussia Dortmund's capability for self-destruction and self-harm in oh, yeah. yeah. Keystone Cops. Uh, yeah. We've seen them do it time and time again.
3: We, we've been talking about this, and I was talking to Shaka the other day, who thought Potter would get to the end of the season. I'm, I'm kind of on, on, on the same page, to be honest. But, Gab, apart from the usual pressure of managing Chelsea and these big teams, Is he going to get Graham Potter, do you think, to the end of the year and preseason? You know, if he has reasonable enough results, or or we're going to see this board make a hasty decision at some point?
5: Well, look, they keep telling us, right, Todd Bowley and Nick Bali about, you know, how smart they are and how smart their analytics team is and and so on. What should be very, very, very obvious to you is that If you want to find out whether Graham Potter is is a good enough coach, you need to give him time to work. He's never been in this situation where they're playing midweek football before, um, certainly not at at Brighton. You need to give him a proper preseason. And if you're going to bring in a bazillion players, uh, you know, whatever, six in the summer, seven in January, you have to give them time to gel. And Potter hasn't had any of those things. I I don't think Graham Potter's been good. Uh, And on top of that, he's also had a ton of injuries as well. Uh, and I think this team was horrendously put together because it was put together in the summer when they did not have a director of football or or a head of recruitment. Um, so I think you have to make the, all those allowances for him, and and find out where you are. I, th- I think you're going to know um, in in the fall, or you should give it at least until the fall to find out uh, whether Potter is right for Chelsea or not. I, I think personally, Wait, I, 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 you know, you would just waste a season if you just sack him. Um, before the oh, end right. of the season.
4: I agree. it would been madness. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> we always talk about players. Managers have got to put players in a position to succeed. Yeah. You don't play a guy who's a centre-forward, play him at centre-back. That's just daft. And so this would be completely... If they don't keep Potter and give him a pre-season, this would be complete madness. They've asked a guy to do a job and tie his hands behind his back by throwing... Throwing them 39 players, which is completely not r- ridiculous, and anybody who's ever been in a dressing room will tell you how how ridiculous and how hard that is, and how impossible it is to try and figure things out. And on top of it, they're all brand new players. So if they don't give Potter a pre-season, then. I'll tell you what, it won't just be this year where they make a mess yet. They'll continue if to mem- do it. If memory serves me right, he
3: was a slow burner at, at Brighton to start with and then they got ahead of steam up. So it took him a little while in there to get people talk about the methods, but getting to know the players and understand what he wanted to do. I, I agree with Gar, but he hasn't been great. There's no doubt about that. But it has been a really, and it is a really difficult job, particularly for the reasons uh, Stevie mentioned here. The problem Potter's got in some sense, although the fans don't make the decision, per se, but I suppose they put pressure on boards is that I think there's a lot of people just saying, Graham Potter it's too big a job for him Yeah. now, if I'd like to see at least the board stand strong and give him the pre-season and then start next year and see where we are but who knows in football these days
1: yeah. Uh, Let's take a look then at everyone's predictions uh, going into that tie in Germany. Um, The majority going for a Dortmund victory with the exception of Stevie and Frank, who are going for a draw. There is, of course, one other tie on Wednesday. uh, Bruges taking on Benfica. Uh, The bookies have Benfica as the favourites to advance to the next round. 5-1 to on. Doesn't offer much value as well. If you want value, you need to check out my fantastic betting column over on ESPN I got oh, everything I got everything right today so hopefully you followed my tips and made lots of money.
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
1: Be sure to That's stay tuned. back with us. Uh, extra time is next. Welcome to the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you for your tweets. Craig with us, Stevie as well, Gab Marcotti. Right, Gab, what happened this weekend? You flew to Philadelphia, especially to watch it with your Eagles friends. That worked out well.
5: Yeah, it worked out great, didn't it? No, look, I I, I did have a great time, but uh, you're not asking about how I hung out with my friends. You're asking about the game itself. And what I can tell you is, in the end, it came down to I think an incorrect call. I think a ticky-tacky call. But even if it was correct, it, it's one of those weird things that you know we generally don't accept. Um, it's really not in U.S. sports. We don't accept huge games like this being decided by referees. You know, it, it's like in basketball when the guy there's a minute left to go and the guy goes up for a dunk and you know he's getting fouled all over, but they never call those fouls. And um, that said, before that. You know i think our defense let us down oh. on the day and yeah i, I wasn't really asking about the game i was just special.
1: asking about your adventures Gav. why didn't you go to the super bowl why didn't you go to arizona
5: uh because it's really difficult and really expensive to oh, uh, well to go now. and get a ticket and our employer didn't feel the need to send me and my friends to uh arizona <laughs> and you know <laughs> Mr. Lurie has a lot of other people he likes more than he likes me, so what can I do?
1: Put (laughs) that on expenses. You can't can't challenge those calls.
3: Sorry? (laughs) Sorry. The holding call,
1: which I agree wasn't. No. Uh, You cannot challenge it. You can't challenge those calls. Nope. There you are. Okay, then. It is Valentine's Day, Stevie's favourite day of the year. What are your plans with Eleanor tonight, Stevie? Take the dog a walk. Ah... It was oh, stupid, right? Was yeah. there a card? No. Flowers? No. Did she get you a card or flowers? No. Oh. oh. We've passed all that nonsense. Oh, well, I, were you ever in that nonsense? Did yeah. you ever get no, anything for Valentine's? Absolutely, yeah. Did you? Aye, of course I did. Oh, I didn't know that, Steve. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. No, it just comes a time where you're like, you
4: know what, this is. At the end of the day, it's a lot of nonsense. It's just a scam to get money out of you. <laughs> You're right. Oh, there's oh, flowers. <laughs> they'll need to be
0: smarter. <laughs>
4: uh, hey, they'll need to be smarter
0: than and that to you get money out
4: you. fall in the trap and everybody's like ah. And then oh. if you don't do it, then they fall out and all that nonsense. Right. We're past all that. What
1: was your go-to go in the past? when you? Well, said, well there could oh, be a okay, surprise. Hmm?
4: flowers
3: on a cart. When, yeah. ho- when you get home, there could be a surprise. Yes. On, the, on the dining table. Yeah, it could be I love you, spelt out. Good happy Valentine's, my love. Yeah. Written in Shepherd's Pie
1: Yes, All was for the your birthday, didn't it? <laughs> it did, yeah, yeah. Did. So yeah. Maybe And then you could lap no, it up, for I got that for
4: the dog I got that for my birthday What's that? Yeah. It's Shepherd's Pie with I love you on it Did you? Uh, hi. Yeah. Oh yeah she
1: Yeah, yeah, she sent me the picture <laughs> Shepherd's Pie with. I love you <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr Burley No No?
3: My wife was actually buying uh, Actually for our da- daughter Right so all the bed was all it. Like, don't ask me why. Okay, and then the daughter was off buying stuff for the wife, right? I stayed out of it, it's nothing to do with me. Well,
1: no, that's fair
5: enough. I just stayed back. Like, yeah,
1: uh, Gab, did Mrs. Marcotti get any Valentine's Day gifts?
5: I did, I, I picked up some flowers, but um, oh. it, it is difficult in, in our house because we have these, these two cats which are clearly alley cats. and. Eat everything, and so which is why we can't have any flowers or plants in the house. So oh. we have to basically um, put the flowers in the one room that they can't get into, which is which is one of the bathrooms. Because anywhere else, they get into it and they eat the flowers, and then they get sick uh, or they knock out mm-hmm. over over the 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 vase and make it Yeah. What their names? I, I think you know. <laughs> next time, I might just get an NFT of flowers and store said non-fungible token blockchain protected yep. of course somewhere yes. else and that'll just make it
1: easy beautiful Gab, what are the cat's called uh, i know dude. Gab, can you not get
4: edible flowers the then cats... that way you can put them anywhere and the cats can eat them and all right <laughs>
5: edible <laughs> edible flowers A bit of edible idea. flowers the cats
4: well, no, they're not actually flowers, they're just...
1: chocolates. They're called
4: edible flowers, but they're not, they're not actually flowers, they're poop. <laughs> what are you, stupid. I don't know, you were talking is if, if you could eat flowers? A special
1: breed of flowers yeah. you could eat. Yeah, edible flowers. Right. But they aren't flowers. You've already said that. Well, no, I'm just confirming. little
3: i tell you what, now that we've talked about this, yes. I'm going to pick Sam up on the way home.
1: There you are, for yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, goodness. <laughs> You've got past yes. the service. Yes. Uh, Stevie, oh, when you were the Revs coach, did you ever fear for your job if your team had a bad run of losses? These days, there's always such a quick, quick discussion in the media about a coach losing their job during bad times. I did
4: once, yeah. Right. And I lost my job. Oh. <laughs> I knew, I, knew I was doomed. Right, at what stage But you I know? Knew, listen, I knew I was doomed because you weren't good. Right. You know, it wasn't a case of... Just because you lost four games in the trot, then you're under pressure. It wasn't a case of that. You just the team wasn't good, and I knew it was coming, and so I felt... There was... Some of these guys are lucky. When it comes as a surprise, then you can get over it. But I knew it was coming for a long time. Okay. Because there was nothing I could do to make us any better. So I knew it was coming, so it was worse actually. When you can't do anything about it, you know it's coming and you've got to sit on it and fester for for three or four months. I mean, by the end, when they told me I was getting the bullet, I had a smile on my face, I was ready. So it was
1: a relief then? Absolutely, aye. Was it weird not being day-to-day involved in a football club? No, not at all you well, got to come with us, join well, he us. us. Oh, you
3: exactly. love
4: getting up at like half seven in the morning and going to training. Yeah, how did, did you I get up,
1: up so early every day? I didn't.
4: I didn't go up half seven. What time were you in? I got in there about... <laughs> well, I was at Evan... I, I sorted Evan out the day before. Right. So I could... I mean, we didn't start training until ten o'clock. And what time but did I you get in then? I could go in at nine o'clock if I wanted. Oh, well, you're the boss. Marlon was always in first. Okay. He was yeah. always putting the was on. was always up there. Oh, he was up there at like yeah, yeah. seven in the morning, or something daft. <laughs> something daft. But, no, as I said, it was all sorted. Everyone was ready to go before we Right. Plan all place. Before the night, yeah. before the, the day was yeah. done. It's
1: all about it the delegation, wall. isn't it? Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Hey. Feel to prepare? Yes, prepare to prepare. There we go. There go. Craig, will Eddie Howe get a proper chance to achieve success at Newcastle in the coming years? Or will they go for a high profile manager to take the next step?
3: Well, how do, you, how do they know that they're not going to take the next step with the yep. aforementioned? mention? Mr Howe, who's done a pretty good job, I have to say, up to now. Really good job. I think it buffers a little bit recently. Still unbeaten, I think. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't hear any Newcastle fans calling for that. Yeah, it was a struggle at the start, or it was a slow start. But who knows? The ownership so far have seemingly made good decisions with their player recruitment. You know, everybody thought, oh, I'm going to chase, you know, stupidly. Oh, we'll try and sign Mbappe. Oh, we'll try and say, just throw this huge wad yeah. of money at him. Neymar, Neymar was made. But uh, so far, big signing was Isaac, who cost a lot of money, but he's relatively young. And all the other players I've signed have been solid, solid players, so they're on the right track.
1: Gab, why can't Spurs put in a good performance away from home? No.
5: I have no idea. Um, I, I, I think, you know, whether they go and they play, we've seen them play poorly away from home when, when when they sit deep and kind of invite the opposition and they can't keep them out and we've seen them play poorly away from home where they give up a goal early on and you know have a lot of the ball and other than Harry Kane they just kind of never spark into life like, as we saw uh, against against Milan. Now. If Conte were here and I was asking him he would say oh because we need to work we need to work you... <laughs> it's hard to work when you're playing midweek football and I'm like dude at some point you want to play in the Champions League you want to go on cup runs hey guess what that means midweek football so you know figure out how to make it work with midweek football um, so uh, I, I I, mean I, I think they're going to be okay in the end uh, you know, there's, even with the loss and everything, they're two points off of fourth place, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, so I think in the end, they probably will get into the top four. But, you know, it it doesn't make you feel great about about, about that, that they've really progressed relative to last season.
1: Here we go, this is where you go, I have no idea. In 1995, Buffon was at Palmer, and Warnock was managing Huddersfield in 2023, Buffon is at Parma. Hold on, um, what's, that? what's that? Oh, no, That's it's the wrong question. Stick. Well, I haven't got that question. I'm well, not on the same page here. Well, there we go. We're right. on the same page now. Are. Thank oh. you very much. Right. Start again. It says new updated version. That was the one that I was reading. You're always blaming other people. Well, it's, not my take, <laughs> it's No, I'm taking no responsibility for this. Okay, Buffon was at Parma. Warnock was managing Huddersfield. This is back in 1995. We're in 2023 and we've got the same situation. What were you guys doing in 1995? What, where were you in 995? Give me a day. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing Wait, on on, uh, on uh, Valentine's? What thing? was you in 95?
3: 95, yeah. Uh, I was living in London.
1: Living in London. Right. How old were you then? Still playing at Chelsea. Okay. What age were you then? 25. Like <clears throat> 24. Right. Enjoying life. Ah, uh, very professional. <laughs> <laughs> Not playing as much golf. No, right. Steve, what were you doing in 1995? In 1995,
4: I went to Notch County from Liverpool.
1: Ah, this is where you were promised the role as assistant coach, maybe to be the new coach. This was the
3: future. Did you go to Notch County before Sheffield Wednesday? Yes. I always
1: had it the other way around. Yeah. No. So you you were thinking management, this could be a good way in, and then the person who brought you in got sacked.
4: The whole future (laughs) was mapped out. Right. I'll go under Howard Kendall... (laughs) Yep. Won the titles at Everton, yes. the title, won the European trophies. Go and learn the ropes, sit in on transfers, still play Yep, and coach. I mean, do it all. Right. Perfect. Yep. Six weeks later, oh. the roof caved in. He got sacked. He got sacked. I was the interim. I was never getting a job. We got relegated, oh, they God. brought somebody else in, and I was now playing in what is now League. The, old, the old third division. Right. I would be the third tier. So, League One. So, I'm like, oh, no. how does that happen? Oh, so,
1: 1995, not your best year. Thank God. Well, not-
4: I tell you what, Nottingham ain't big enough for the two of us. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah? Well, see, I can, you can't, you can't say
4: that. that. I can't say that, because at the end of that year, I moved to Sheffield, and I went back to the Premier League. Okay. So, that. so it wasn't a good start, right? But it ended well. How did that brought...
1: move come about?
4: Um, David Pleat was looking for somebody experienced, just to go in and do a job, basically. Okay. Uh, and I could, at the time, I could play. At the time, I was playing in the middle of the park for Fermanagh County, and I started in the middle of the park, and then I played. So I kind of played two or three different positions for Sheffield Wednesday over a couple of seasons. So. David Pleat I can thank him very much there you go he
1: got you out of Nottingham
4: getting me out of the old third division back. I remember to him the I remember
3: him playing at Stamford Bridge when he was it. I think it might have been 96
1: right, right. yep Gab what were you doing in 95 go This that's the one
5: No, I was still in college ah
1: what
5: did you do did you do journalism well, in college is study? that a thing Gab at Penn Uh no, that wasn't my degree. Um, ah. I did work on the uh, on, on the college paper, um, oh. but no, I got a degree in uh, in communications, um, and, uh, name, and right? yeah, I kind of counted down my time.
1: Ah, well, lovely. Final question: After Kingsley Coleman stung PSG against again with Bayern, of course they did it in the Champions League final as well. Can you recall a former teammate that came back to haunt you later in your career after a transfer away? Anyone Liverpool let go and then score against some okay. Siri? No.
4: No.
5: Uh, uh. Uh, did Don uh. Hutchinson do that? Uh
1: did Don remember it. Don will tell you that he did, Gap. I probably, yeah. I, I was.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was gone by then. I don't, I don't. Not while I was here. Nobody. Nope. Don't remember any coming back in. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. All right then. That's that's a nice flat way to end today's yeah, well, today's <laughs> show. That's it. We are done. Uh, ESPN FC. Would you have celebrated, by the way? What? If you scored against Liverpool? Aye. You would have done. Aye. Despite all your success with them. Why not? Because well, they love you, there, Steve. Not no. Liverpool <laughs> no, Echo. no, the Liverpool Echo oh, Liverpool. made sure yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it then. We'll be back tomorrow. Till then, goodbye.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93%